Welcome to the Prime Fitness Project. My name is Eric Giroux, co-founder of Prime Fitness in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Get ready to have a lot of fun as we talk exercise, nutrition, and weight loss. We're going to talk to real clients, trainers, and other wellness colleagues to help you lead your Prime Fitness life. It's Christy. Welcome back to the Prime Fitness Project. I am just recording on a Tuesday morning at the end of January, and I wanted to check in and see how everybody is feeling as we have kicked off this new decade, this new year, going into 2020. So, in the fitness industry, we are so used to people making New Year's resolutions and setting goals. And then within a few weeks, they've already fallen um, kind of off the wagon, whether it's because they've been sick, their kids have been sick, they've started missing um, workouts because of work meetings and work obligations, or because we have kind of set unrealistic expectations for what we what we think we can change at the start of the new year. So one thing I'd like to do is to help you get back on track with some of your goal setting and start thinking about um, setting 30 day challenges for yourself. So start small and then know that as you go and you create new habits, you can build habits on top of your current habits. So let's say for example, um, you set a goal for the month of February that you want to get out and move your body for 30 minutes every single day. So that's 29 days straight of you moving your body for 30 days. When March comes around, you've now proven to yourself that you can keep a promise to yourself. You've proven to yourself that 30 minutes a day is totally doable. When March 1st rolls around, you start adding, I am going to drink a gallon of water a day. So you're just building an, a healthy habit on top of another health, healthy habit. So kind of think about your New Year's resolutions that way. Instead of trying to tackle five or six things all at once in the first month of the year, start creating um, you know, 14-day, 30-day challenges for yourself where you can just start building habits upon other habits. And I think it'll help you be a lot more successful. So going into today's episode, I wanted to kind of break down a podcast that I listened to. Um, actually, I've listened to it about three times because it was pretty sciencey. Um, it talked a lot about dieting. It talked a lot about um, why things just don't seem to work for us when we start restricting foods. And I wanted to kind of break down the science of it and talk to you guys just in layman's terms, uh, make things kind of relatable and make things easily understandable. So we, we at Prime Fitness try not to talk about diets. Um, there's a lot of negative uh, stipulations around diets, a lot of negative mindset that goes into it because a lot of people, as soon as they hear the word diet, start thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to give up XYZ, I have to restrict my calories, um, I can't have any fun, I need to not be social. Whatever your negative thought is around the word diet, we've heard it all. So typically the reason diets don't work is because we restrict our calories, we restrict our food groups, we restrict you know specific foods, and then when the diet ends, because diets always have a start date and an end date, you go back to eating how you were before. So 
why that doesn't work is you've now gone into a caloric restriction typically, or you have restricted a certain type of food. Let's say you've taken sugar out of your diet for three weeks. Then as soon as that diet is over with, or that time frame is over with, instead of continuing with our healthy habits, we go back to eating how we did prior to the start of the diet. So obviously that leads to any weight that might have been lost is typically gained back. Sometimes you gain back even more because you start eating in excess. So what works really well is to eat in moderation 365 days a year, um, but then you take two-week breaks, and I put breaks in air quotes, um, where you have a type of calorie restriction, and then you go back to eating in moderation. So the typical American diet, we eat in a caloric excess. So if you eat within moderation, what that means is that you can still have the wine that you like, you can still have the chocolate that you like, but instead of eating a chocolate bar, maybe you eat one bite just to get that chocolate fix. Instead of having a glass of wine, I mean a bottle of wine at night, you have an actual serving of wine. So if you have your wine glass in front of you and you hold up three fingers to that glass, that is a serving of wine. So if we start kind of paying attention to what we're actually eating and making it a little bit more mindful, we can start eating in moderation 365 days a year. So oftentimes when we talk about diet, uh, we talk about exercise, we think of metabolism. And a lot of what you read and what you hear um, makes it sound like your metabolism is pretty predictable. And it's almost like calculator-like. So you can go to the gym and you can get your resting metabolic rate done. You can start wearing heart rate monitors. Um, and you can start trying to like play with your metabolism. But it's not an exact science and it's not like a calculator. So you can't just add and subtract and figure it out. You wanna think about your metabolism more as a seesaw or a boomerang. So if you do one thing, the metabolism tries to get you back to balance. So if you restrict calories, your metabolism will increase your hunger and cravings because your metabolism is trying to find a balance. So if you go into a heavy, heavy caloric restriction, so let's say you go down to like 900 to 1100 calories a day, your metabolism is gonna start to send hunger and craving signals to the brain to get you back in that balance. 90% of individuals who try to lose weight fail. And that's because dieting is typically where you are in a caloric deficit. There was a study done on postmenopausal women where they were start they started eating in moderation, and all they did was they were put on a cardio program, so strictly cardio, no resistance training, no weights, no metabolic training. It was just steady state cardio, and what happened is. 25% of the women that were on this moderate, moderately eating plan, along with adding in steady state cardio, 25% of the group lost weight. 50% of the group didn't change at all. And 25% of the group actually gained weight. The reason these women gained weight is because with the 
added exercise, the added cardio exercise, their body signaled to their brain that they were hungry and they started having cravings. So to kind of counteract the exercise they were doing, these women started eating in excess. So oftentimes when we start exercising, we overcompensate with excess calories especially when it comes to cardio and vigorous exercise. So we see this in the gym all the time where we've now started doing um, my zone heart rate training at Prime. And I see our clients all the time getting hung up on this number of how many calories did I burn? And it's not an honest, like true number. So you didn't actually, while you were exercising, necessarily burn 600 calories. So we have to kind of stop thinking of it as like an if-then type of equation. So let's say you've gotten your basal metabolic test, your resting metabolic rate done, and your resting metabolic rate is 1800 calories okay and then you see on the tv screen or you see on your fitbit or on your watch that you burned 500 calories in exercise so in our brains we start thinking okay if my basal metabolic rate is 1800 so that means if i lay around on the couch all day i'm going to use 1800 units of energy okay so 1800 calories without doing anything if we then burn 500 calories in exercise, we think that we should eat 2,300 calories. So are you with me here? But the problem is our metabolism doesn't work that way. So our metabolism views it as, oh, wait a second, I just burned 500 calories in exercise. It's thinking I just used energy for exercise. So what it's going to do is it's going to increase your hunger and your cravings. And what it does is it actually constrains itself so your BMR that you thought was 1,800, your metabolism might be more like, oh, wow, I'm going to restrict down to 1,400 calories. And then you used 500 calories in exercise, so you would actually need to be eating 1,900 calories, not 2,300. So you are potentially overeating when you've stressed your metabolism. So there's different ways that we can stress our metabolism. And that is obviously vigorous exercise. It can be uh, decreased hours of sleep. So if you're not sleeping, you know, seven to nine hours a night and doing so like sleeping well, if you um, have increased your exercise recently, so let's say all of a sudden you start training for a half marathon and you're doing that on top of your resistance training, if you have life stressors, which we all do, um, these are ways that your metabolism can get stressed. And so what your, your body does to find that balance is it actually starts to restrict or restrain your metabolism. So one idea that you guys can do, instead of thinking about, I'm going to go on a diet or I'm going to do 30 days of no sugar. And then as soon as, you know, day 31 hits, you go right back to your Frappuccino and birthday cake. Instead, choose specific times throughout the year to constrict calories. So ideally, 365 days a year, we would eat within moderation. Okay, so that's not in excess. That's in moderation. So instead of having a donut, 
you would have a couple bites of a donut. So you still get the taste of the donut, you still get to be social, you still get to enjoy the donut, but you're not eating the entire donut at one sitting, okay? So you would choose specific times throughout the year to constrict calories. And you would do this no more than two weeks at a time. So you could choose and do it seasonally. You could do it based around, you know, big events that are coming up. If your birthday is coming up, if you are going to a wedding, if you are getting ready to go on vacation, you could specifically choose four times a year where for two weeks at a clip, you are restricting your calories. What this teaches your metabolism is how we can control hunger and cravings. So in order to lose weight and to lose fat, we need to shut down our hunger signals that our brain is getting. So oftentimes with excess exercise, we increase cortisol. When we have increased cortisol, we have increased hunger and craving signals sent to the brain. Exercise is extremely important for a multitude of reasons but you wanna exercise enough, but not too much. So you have to figure out what works well for your body. So for example, a friend of mine, we've been lifting together for years, and she just recently, at the beginning of the year, started adding in three to four days a week of her Peloton bike, okay? She has lost weight with that added exercise. So adding exercise has worked for her because she has kept her food within moderation. Okay, so she didn't add spinning to her regimen and then say, oh, well, I burned three to four hundred calories in this cycle class so I can eat an extra three to four hundred calories. So I hope this is making sense. We are really, really good at thinking that we're eating twelve hundred calories, but we are actually eating 1,500 calories. We almost always underestimate the amount of calories that we're eating. So we also forget typically when we go and we stick a spoon in a peanut butter jar, we actually forget that those are calories. We forget that that was an extra 150 calories in our day. So when we start reporting using different apps, MyFitnessPal or journaling or however you're tracking your calories, a lot of times we underestimate. Also, if we rely on the uh, nutrition guides for restaurants, those are typically estimates. They are not exact science. So as Americans, we are typically overeating even when we think we are staying on track. So I don't wanna say all of this to get you discouraged. What I want you to start thinking about though is how can you control your hunger and how can you control your cravings? One way I personally do that is I've started adding in leisure walks. And so about a half an hour before I pick my son up at school, I go out and I leisurely walk, all right? I am not power walking. I am not walking for time. I am not walking for distance. I just set a clock and say, okay, I've got 30 minutes before I have to pick Matthew up at school and I'm gonna walk. Walking decreases your cortisol levels which helps you keep your hunger and your cravings in check. Walking is also excellent for fat loss because it's extra movement throughout your day that's not stressful. So if you can get outside in nature and go for a leisure walk, that's even better than hopping on the treadmill and going for a walk. 
So the more things that you can do throughout your day to de-stress, the better. Another way you can do that, and one thing I've started doing, is I've started dimming the lights in our house a couple hours before I want to be asleep. So not before I want to go to bed, but before I want to be asleep. So if I, if I say to myself, my bedtime, my sleep time is 9.30 p.m., at 7.30 p.m., I am actually going to start prepping my body for sleep. So that means no computer screen time, no playing around on my phone, no watching something suspenseful on the TV. I'm going to start calming my nervous system down so that if I want to be asleep by 9.30, I'm setting myself up in the best possible way to do that so that I can be in bed at 9.30 and wake up at 5.30. So those are just two tips I've used personally to de-stress. Again, leisure walking and then starting to prep for my sleep time. And that for you could look like having a cup of chamomile tea. It could be doing some light reading. It could be doing some stretching or myofascial release or even some gentle yoga prior to going to bed. Whatever gets you in the mindset of sleep, do what works for you. So anyway, I hope that this helps you guys a little bit. We, um, we want to set you up for success for 2020. If you have any questions, please reach out to Eric or myself. We're always around and would be happy to help. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the month of January, and we are looking forward to an awesome February. Thanks, guys.